Sometimes this world is just cruel. We just have to accept that. Two days ago, the world lost Jay Briscoe. Many of you know that he was half of one of arguably the greatest tag teams of all time. This guy was amazing to watch. In the ring, he was a general. Almost like he had a sixth sense in his surroundings. And his ability to move in the ring, well, it was something more akin to a Marvel movie. Johnny Valentine once said, I can't make them believe that wrestling is real, but I can make them believe I'm real. That was Jay Briscoe. He made you believe he was real. I don't know if there will ever be another guy like Jay Briscoe. And quite honestly, I don't know if the world could handle another Jay Briscoe. We salute you, sir. Former Ring of Honor World Champion. 13-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. IWGP Tag Team Champions. And of course, the 2022 Crockett Cup Champions. You'll be missed. Straight 
Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Are you ready? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Welcome one, welcome all to the Alliance Guys podcast, presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance and the United Wrestling Network. My name is Jay Cal, and with me, of course, is Jaden and the DKM. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, after that long introduction, we're glad to say that, you know, we'll see you next week. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I need a drink now. Jaden? I'd recommend Debbie. Uh, of course you would. By the way, Jay, it's no otropic. No otropic? Well, I'll have, no to -tropic. I'll have to remember that the next time I record. It's kind of like Troodon. There's a it actually double uh, doubles all that O. The O O is said twice. Is it kind of like nootropic? What was the question? Is it kind of like Kahungus? Kahungus? Yes. There's no end in there though. <laughs> it's like there's no end to this podcast sometimes. Well, you know what I I found out today that this podcast has been mostly active uh longer than the busted open radio show that you can hear on Sirius XM. We predate busted open. I don't know if that's incredible or scary. A little bit of both. So uh Workly's cuter. What's that? Workly's cuter. I think so. And and you know I'll you prop up my children too in the videos to make sure we get that extra cute wholesome vibe. Uh, it's been a rough week, guys. Um, I, you know, I know you both uh, are obviously familiar with uh, Jay Briscoe and his untimely passing. Um, it hit really hard. Um, being a father, uh, knowing that my day-to-day -day has involved me picking up my children from various activities and, and knowing that, you know, he was just being a dad. He wasn't out there drinking and partying. He wasn't doing drugs and being crazy. You know, he wasn't jumping out in front of trains. I mean, this was just an, a guy being a dad and, uh, damn, you know, like I said, in the opening video, it's, it, it's hard, man. And, and, uh, you know, I, I put myself in his shoes all the time. Like that's, that's my worst nightmare for me to, you know, leave this world, leave my kids behind, leave my wife behind and, and to struggle with what's left of, of, of their lives. And, uh, 
it's it's really hard and it, it hit me very hard and and i still uh, i still you know get teary-eyed when i think about his children because you know i have young daughters too and and uh man um aside from the fact that he was a great wrestler i mean forget all that because it's almost meaningless at this point he was a he what sound like a very good man and uh you know i didn't know jay briscoe personally i, I didn't know the briscoes at all personally uh was fortunate enough to watch them in the ring dating back to like 2003, 2004, when they had their appearances at pro wrestling gorilla. Uh, lucky enough, I got to see them at the Crockett cup 2019. And again, at the Crockett cup in, in uh, 2022, but uh, man, that one was, that one was hard. Uh, Jaden, I, I know that, uh, you know, the Briscoes kind of broke into the into pro wrestling on your side of the country on the East coast. Uh, what what did they mean to, for pro wrestling, and, and and how do you feel about what you know? How are you handling the situation? It is very sad, honestly. I'm very sad about it. Um, I've worked with the Briscoes and various companies about maybe half a dozen or more times. Uh, very very cool people in the back. Uh, I was telling DK the story about how they weren't allowed to wrestle in Pennsylvania because they weren't old enough. So people they were calling themselves under a mask, the Midnight Riders, and Luckily, uh, the athletic commission's not above taking a little, uh, a little, um, yeah, to Sample? look the other way. Oh, and yeah. yeah. So it was it, it was great though to see them under that, and then when they finally got to wrestle under their name, the Briscoe Brothers. Well, their their wrestling name, the Briscoe Brothers. Um, it was really awesome. Again, they were in the first Ring of Honor event ever. They've been in all the major companies throughout the Northeast. Obviously, they've been to some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, it's a shame certain network executives weren't allowing them to be in on national television because I think that's a that's definitely, in my opinion, a horrible, horrible miscarriage of justice. And we'll never get to see them again as a tag team. I'm not even sure if Mark's going to be going to wrestle again, but. We always have the memories and we have all the good things that they brought. And three is probably some of the greatest tag team matches in modern history uh, that we can look back on fondly and look and think about them. GK, what, what are your uh, memories of the Briscoe brothers, specifically Jay, and, and how are you uh, handling this situation? Well, it's one of those things that's just truly, truly heartbreaking. I mean, 38 years old. Uh, you know, that used to be prime wrestling age. Uh, a lot of modern fans don't realize, but, you know, a lot of guys wrestled 10, 15, 20 years before they, <laughs> you know, before they became the stars that we knew them to be. And, you know, 38 was young back in the day. And it's, it's just devastating that, you know, like I said, there was no, there was no part. It, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but I don't think it would have mattered from what I get, but there's no, it was the other person that came into his lane. Yeah. And, uh, that person yep. was the also other person. What she was wearing a seatbelt and and she still passed. I, yeah. I don't know that a seatbelt would have. I mean, I don't think it would have mattered. 
No, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still advocating everyone wear a seatbelt, but uh, right. I don't, you know, with, with the driver, um, the, the other driver losing their life, I don't know that it would have made a difference. Because it, it sounds like they smashed, basically, wasn't, you know, straight head on, but like there, they would have been facing each other's, you know, head on. And it's just horrible horrible and i don't know if anybody knows you know how's the one girl doing that was going in for surgery i mean people are still posting the hey we need prayers for this and it's like okay that was two days ago do we, do we know if she's doing okay i've only heard rumors uh, i heard she messed up her back really bad in the accident and that's what the surgery was on so um, it could, you know, there people say things and and make it much worse, or maybe even not bad as as normally is. But until I know more, you know, I don't want to say, but I do know was her back was badly messed up in the accident. Um, I, I had heard the same thing, and I heard that uh, uh, there's a chance she might not even walk. Uh, which I mean, again, if you do pray, please pray for them. If you don't pray, uh, if you send positive vibes or just have good positive thoughts about that family, uh, please do so. I also, uh, in the, in the live chat and I'll also put it in the link description later. Um, we put a link to their fundraiser. Uh, so if, if you would like to personally contribute to the family's recovery, um, uh, please contribute what you can. Uh, th this is, this is one of those times where like, uh, Humanity has a way of, of, of kind of showing us the best and worst than people. And, uh, you know, Jay's passing is, is wasn't expected, wasn't planned. Nobody was expecting it. And uh, just it, it's awful. I know I, I know because uh, Jay was signed with AEW. And, and this is one of the beautiful things that Tony Khan has done. Like he took care of his people. He took care of. Uh, he took care of Brody's Brody Lee's family. Um, and hopefully they do the same for, uh, Jay's family. Um, but it, it's still, it, it's rough up. Uh, Poyo is in the chat. Poyo just said it was stated very directly by Ashley, her mother, Jay's wife, uh, that the surgery was an effort to restore the ability to walk. So, I mean, it, it, it's a serious situation. So again, um, if you, if you believe in the power of prayer, Please pray for that family. If uh, if that's not your thing, you send positive vibes. Um, you know, I don't want to spend the entire show talking about this. I feel people who are more qualified and closer to the situation have done a much better job than we could. Uh, besides, I don't want to start crying on the on a podcast that I I love. So, um, but I will say this: uh, we, I was grateful to be able to see uh, Jay Briscoe. I don't know that we'll ever see a tag team like the Briscoe brothers again. Uh, they are arguably the greatest tag team, uh, definitely of this era, maybe of all time. Um, and we were lucky to have them win the Crockett Cup. We were lucky to see them in the NWA. And uh, that's all I all I wanted to say about it. Uh, do, do either one of you guys want to say anything else about it? Uh, just real quick. You know, somebody was saying that there was – Jay Briscoe was one of those – people who could one second be totally intimidating like like you said in your introduction 
you believed he was real. And he was. I mean, I think the Briscoe brothers are pretty much what you saw. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, they, they said something to the effect of, you know, he could, he's one of those people that can be intimidating at one moment and then warm and, you know, uh, loving the next. He, I mean, look at the number of people who have, you know, tweeted about him or posted something about him, you know. And it's, I mean, even NXT recognized, you know, his, uh, his passing. And the Briscoes are one of the very top tag teams that, of course, never worked in WWE. Because they never even worked for them. Never. I mean... And that's the respect that uh, that they earned all across the board. And so that's, you know, you're losing a very real, a very warm, a very loving family man. And I don't think, I don't think anybody can watch the video of him doing like a tear routine with his youngest daughter now and not shed a tear, if not flat out ball by the time it's over. You know, rest in peace, brother. Uh, let's just take a moment of silence here, and we'll kind of cleanse the palate real quick. So wrestling's supposed to be fun, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on with the NWA this week, of course. Uh I don't know if that's a – I don't like it. Uh, over the course of the last uh, year and a half, almost two years, I really got used to watching the NWA on a, on a you know weekly basis, and we haven't had any content, uh, in-ring content, in uh, two weeks, and we're going to be going on three weeks here soon, and it just – it doesn't hit my feels right. And now, of course, they did have the uh, interview with uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and I thought that was awesome. It might have even been better than the the episode they had with Austin Idol. Both of them were just a lot of fun uh, stories from the territory days. I knew that Dr. Tom had spent some time at the Grand Olympic. I didn't know, how, I don't know how he got to the Grand Olympic, but uh, uh, if you if you listen to the stories, I mean, it's it's fun how uh, if you guys hadn't listened yet, how Dr. Tom started working for uh, Paul Bosch, and uh, they 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 did talk a lot about the Paul Bosch. Uh, territory and how i didn't know this and dkm you might have known this but uh they were saying that paul bosch wasn't directly a member of the nwa have you heard that before oh yeah i've known that for a long time i didn't yeah. know that i the, thought bosch... it, it was odd in that uh who who he worked for and who he had broke in with was the texas uh NWA uh, member. Yeah. And then uh, when there was kind of that split and then Dallas took over the booking, the booking office. So it was Fritz and uh, Joe Blanchard. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of, Fritz and Joe Blanchard were supposed to, to be kind of partners. Really all three of them were kind of, were supposed to be. But Paul never joined the NWA, and 
so it was like Fritz and Joe who were supposed to be like partners. And, uh, you know, Fritz was a strong personality both in and out of the ring. And so Fritz just ended up basically taking over. <laughs> and then, you know, Joe went his own way and opened his own booking office. And, uh, yeah, but up through the up through the late seventies, uh, uh, Fritz was the NWA member in Texas. He was the NWA member for almost all of Texas, except for what the funks had out in West Texas. And, uh, Paul, Paul Bosch actually booked his talent through Fritz. And actually he booked it through Gary Hart. Who, and a lot, a lot of people don't know that about 80% of the card was booked by Gary Hart. But then Joe would go out and get like, you know, the a, AWA champion or the WWF champion or something like that. And uh, bring him in and make, make, make the NWA members mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, people, a lot of people also didn't know that Nick Bockwinkle owned a piece of the Houston office. And his uh, thing was he was going to retire in Houston and be r- working more in the hi- in the Houston office when he left the AWA. See, this is stuff I never even knew about. Yeah, well, oh, that's oh, why it was easy to get the AWA champion because when you own PC office, you're going to want to <laughs> work for the promotion to make money, right? So, 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 at, and there were equal times where where Bosch was booking talent from the straight up from the World Wrestling Worldwide Wrestling Federation as well. So. In, in in that little corner of Houston, Texas, he was literally booking talents from the three major wrestling promotions. At one time, yeah. yeah, so he didn't since he did not have a booking office, since he didn't run it, he went out and got talent. And so he kind of it was he was very similar to St. Louis. A lot of people forget that St. Louis didn't have a lot of talent that it was his own. They brought in a lot of talent. And that's what Bosch did. He brought in a lot of talent. And uh, just Tito Santana, during his first reign as Intercontinental Champion, actually wrestled down in Houston. I don't think he brought the belts, but I think they did recognize him as a champion, you know, and everything. I can't remember who he wrestled, like Butch Reed or somebody. (laughs) What a... What a weird, but and it wasn't long after that, but Reed was in the WWE for or WWF, uh, too. Yeah, that time, uh, Bosch was uh working with uh Mid South, which is how that happened. But yeah, that's that's where you'll get things like it, even when he kind of went his own way and stopped working with Fritz, you know, he, he would get talent from either Mid South or he'd get talent from uh. <coughs> Or he'd get talent from Joe Blanchard. And the Guerreros. Yeah, and the Guerreros. That uh, he he had plenty of sources, but you would get matchups that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that the Von Erichs would wrestle on the same card as, you know, like the Rock and Roll Express. Hmm. Because, you know... That's where they saw each other. The Rock and Roll Express and the Von Erics would see each other in St. Louis, and they'd see each other in Houston. 
Poyle points out that prior to the WWF going global on cable, all of those old territorial promotions featured stars of the NWA, WWF, AWA, etc. I guess that's something that I wasn't aware of, but you know, I'll be honest, uh, outside of the LA territory, the, the Grand Olympic stuff, uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about the old, you know, specific territory days. And that's kind of what I really enjoy about the, the podcast that the NWA's, I say podcast, I guess it's a, just a live interview that, uh, that, Billy's been doing with both Idol and with uh, with uh, Doctor uh, Tom. Yeah, Doctor Tom. They, they've been so like interesting because it's stuff that I I'm not familiar with. I mean, I have a few critiques of the show, like you know, like uh, Billy has this memorabilia that he's holding and he holds it up to the camera, but you can't see shit. It's like, hey guys, maybe scan that in and 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 put it as an overlay so the audience could actually see what you're talking about but other than that I, I really felt like these have been very great pieces and like i said uh last week the interview with austin idol was my favorite thing that billy has done on camera <coughs> with the nwa and uh this one was no different did you get a chance to watch it yet dk uh i watched about half of it and uh i i enjoyed this one better than i enjoyed the austin idol one but i i liked uh Dr. Tom, when he was a wrestler, of course, I didn't log out. I don't want wrestler. And so, you know, and I remember him, you know, from the Georgia days and everything. And uh, uh, he was the first one that I ever saw. What do they call it now? Where one guy's holding, will be like holding your foot, and the other one does like a round kick to the head. Enziguri, yes, that's it. Enziguri. Oh. <laughs> this, this, this is this was before you know we had all the Japanese names, but there was a uh, Doctor Tom used to throw people into the corner and then run up to them and kick them in the stomach with one foot and then do the Enziguri, you know, like they were holding. It. And so I just remember thinking that was so cool that he could do that. <laughs> That's because he used to quote unquote load the boot. Yes, when the times he works his heel, but he would even do it as a face. And uh, one of the, by the way, one of my other people who I love seeing do that was Kabuki, who when he did it, instead of going, you know, kicking forward and over, he spun back around and did it. That was just awesome. <sighs> I miss those days so much. You know, you talk about uh, because I love the Briscoes because they reminded me of those days. Well, because this is a free for all, and we're not really limited to a, a normal, uh, normal show. We're just going to talk about everything. And I was on TikTok the other day, uh, getting ready to do my next dance step, and then I saw a video of the Hart brothers taking on the Steiner brothers from WWE. And I remember watching that on a Saturday morning. I think it was on the on the. Uh, all-star wrestling or classic or whatever they used to call it. I can't remember. And that show was so, that match was so damn good. And, and such a, you know, you don't heart, uh, excuse me, Brett and Owen didn't team that often in the WWF, but that matchup with the Steiner brothers, they looked like they had been teaming forever. And it was such a good wrestling match. And it was so like snug and suplexes and clotheslines and takedowns and grappling. It was just, 
man, one of my favorite uh, wrestling matches I I probably ever saw on those Saturday mornings. And it was uh, it was nice to be reminded of that again. I believe I still own it on a Coliseum home video. Make me a copy. I have no idea where it is now, but I just think it's, <laughs> I it's just around here somewhere. I recently invested in one of those uh, VHS converters to like digital. And I plan, I have a couple of old wrestling tapes that I plan to convert so that I can watch them again. Cause I don't even own a VCR at this point, but uh, I think I need to borrow somebody's to actually get it to work. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, James H. Jackson said uh, the channel uh, NWA airtime in five days, Austin Idol. Don't miss NWA presents Austin Idol part two hosted by William Patrick Corgan. Um, you know, and then uh, Sam, Sam Retro said something that I kind of said earlier in the week or maybe it was last week, they should have been doing these on YouTube with every legend that they've brought on uh, with ties to the old NWA. And I mean, there's still time to do that. I, I mean, you know, Medusa would be somebody, I think, uh, especially her perspective and wrestling in Japan and the limited amount of uh, territories that there were for women to work. I would love to hear her on, on the podcast. Uh, you know, they have a, I don't know how much uh, Raven is still available, but people forget Raven spent a lot of time in the territory days. Uh, before joining WCW, Scotty Flamingo. I mean, he uh, he was uh, he was working with Don Owens out in Portland for a very long time. Uh, Got fired no... in Florida. We'll say that again. Got fired from Florida. What? How did he get fired from Florida? Uh, if I remember correctly, he pissed Dusty Rhodes off. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and then Poyo said, uh, my Twitch stream has been full of Dr. Tom for months and months. We streamed all of the Smoky Mountain, then USWA. I, 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 for the last two weeks after this show has ended, um, I've been jumping onto Poyo's stream, and uh, it's a hoot, if I can use that term. Uh, Poyo, oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Poyo will sit there and stream some of the old, uh, some of the, uh, what what Poyo's been airing lately has been um, the uh, uh, Joe Kazana promotions, uh, which is you know uh, the the partners that they have in in Tennessee, and you know like uh, it, especially if you like the old NWA Smoky Mountain stuff, um, uh, it's very comparable to not only Cornette's vision but also Tony Givens' vision when he was a part of the NWA. Well, that was fun. What yeah. was that? Hmm? That was you, DK. That wasn't me. No, I know that. That was me. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so yeah. I, I, if you guys, after this show, if you're looking for something to do, make sure you jump on with Poyo. I, I think Poyo goes on while this show still airs, but uh, I still recommend after this show to go hang out with Poyo because uh, a lot of fun wrestling, a lot of uh, hot takes from Poyo. And I watch her while the show's going on. Um, you cannot. Uh, the audience can. Uh, and then Dave Scooby points out that baby doll, uh, Jazz, maybe bringing Tolly since he's done with AEW. Yeah, you know, Jazz would be very interesting because she she kind of broke in, uh, I, I guess, after the territories were already done. Rodney, uh, Rodney Mack. Towards probably, the end. Yeah, towards the end. Rodney Mack would probably be a good person to use, too. I mean, I don't know if he's still around, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you could talk him into showing up uh see what i did there his twin is still there K no kayfabe lives brother uh, hey i'm just saying his twin's still there 
Yeah, I mean, it, and then uh, uh, James Bell and Poyo both pointed out that Dr. Tom uh, is still doing commentary for those promotions. Hell, I want Dr. Tom to do commentary for the NWA. <laughs> I mean, look, you've got two shows. There's plenty of uh, announcing to go around. Uh, James H. Jackson said Steamboat. Doty says uh, Ricky Morton. I mean, yeah, they had Barry Windham. They had uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. Hell, they had hey, Nature Boy Ric Flair. We're doing this in free for all way. What happened to Ricky Steamboat? Uh, he just was there for the, the that one taping, and they you know they just had his role kind of roll out for a, a few episodes. But I mean, they kind of brought him in like, oh, he's going to be here and working and doing the. You know, he sits there and does the tournament, and before the tournament's even done, it's like he's gone. It's <laughs> just like. The check cashed in. He was done. No, I I don't think there were plans to use him long term, especially like when I know that he was planning that return match, and I don't know how soon that was uh, contrived between the time that he was working with the NWA briefly and and when that happened. But uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting him long term, but it was it was just kind of weird. He just like disappeared. <laughs> it was like, well, we're still doing the tournament. He was talking about, but he's gone. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Poyo just points out he was there for a day. It was a lo- it wasn't a long term agreement. They were happy to have him for whatever time we could get. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy. I would, yeah, and I think uh, you know again, hopefully these videos are getting watched by by the fans. Hopefully they're getting picking up some steam for the NWA because <clears throat> honestly, I think this is a great uh, opportunity for Billy to you know build up the library, if you will, kind of grow the. Uh, the content, the IP that they have, he does a great job on this. And I've heard people say, oh, he's kind of pushy and he kind of, yeah, who cares? He's a rock star for crying out loud. He's a rock star that loves pro wrestling. And he's giving you uh, an opportunity to kind of get inside his head with the questions that he asks and gives us an opportunity to see where his mind is at. And uh, yeah, I, I think these are great. I hope they continue to do them even when the show returns. And, uh, you know, Poyo, I know that they listen to you. I know that you're like their number one uh, voice inside that locker room. Please tell them that we enjoy these and to keep making them happen. The silence is deafening. Jane, have you watched either one of those episodes yet? I know like you don't watch the actual product per se, but uh, have you, have you, have you tuned into any of these? No. Uh, (laughs) I may listen to the Dr. Tom one. I've, for some reason, I've always had this aversion to um, Austin Idol. Everything about him has, since the territory days when these were actually live, and I was collecting tapes of Continental and USA and and US and Memphis and everywhere else. I just never could stand Austin Idol. Just couldn't at all. I think I've told this story before on on this on this podcast, but I'll say it again. When Adam Pierce was doing a show somewhere in the Mid South area, probably Tennessee, maybe even like Kentucky, um, he was cutting a promo, and Austin Idol was the one interviewing him. And Austin Idol, like Austin Idol would, says, "Hey, that's great, champ, but uh, what about me? Do you think you can give me a shot at the belt?" Now, Idol, this was like maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So I'm not saying that Idol, you know, was 
I don't think he was still wrestling 10 or 15 years ago. I do. Do you really? Yeah. I think he made appearances. I Okay, I know appearances, but like actually in the ring. No, wrestling. I mean, I think he made occasional in-ring appearances. Whoa. Well, anyways, I mean, I... Uh, I don't know, and I gotta find that video somewhere because I think I don't know if Pierce took him serious. I don't know if Pierce was like, "Is this real?" Uh, I I just remember thinking like, "Man," and it reminded me so much of like when Blue Demon went into business for himself at the 70th anniversary show and said, "Hey, I want I want the winner of Cody versus versus uh, Aldis." We should have booked it. Yeah. Uh, Dodie says yes. Austin Idol once challenged Adam Pierce during one of the Legend Fan Fests. Okay, I I, I don't remember when, but I, I gosh, I and I see Poyo was like ten or fifteen years ago. He was under sixty. Yes, but I don't think he was in prime wrestling condition. I know at one point Adam Pierce was supposed to wrestle Larry Zabisco, and then that got turned upside down. But I don't want to see that, and I certainly don't want to see Austin Idol wrestling Adam Pierce. Or anybody else for that matter. Do you remember? I bet you... Do you remember Larry Sabisco versus the Sheik, where they both had their belts? Larry Sabisco was like there with the AWA belt, and, and uh, Sheik was there with the NWA belt. And of course, neither one of them was champion at the time. Obviously, he ate it. Well, AWA maybe. was long since closed, and uh, and they're and they're literally going. Well, we never lost our titles. We're, I mean, they were pushing this like being a real, you should be interested, you know, title unification match between, you know, someone who hadn't wrestled in years. And, and Poyle brings up a good point. And, and, and please understand when I say this that I'm not saying that these guys aren't still knowledgeable of how to wrestle and, still probably couldn't shoot on somebody. I'm just saying I don't necessarily want to watch that matchup. I I don't know. I'd like to see Larry Zabisco shoot on the Sheik. <laughs> that could have been fun. Oh, shit. You're right. I take it back. Well, you know, but some... Some of these people... Could they... You know, there's a difference can... Can they still get in the ring and do stuff? I mean, you know, uh, maybe. You know, uh, Jerry Lawler had a heart attack and continued to wrestle after, and people still told me, Jerry can still go. He's better than 90% of the indie wrestlers out there. I go, oh, man, what a horrible statement about 90% of the wrestlers out there. Oh, man. <laughs> I go, that. I go. you're just... I go, you're not making Jerry Lawler look good. You're just making everything else look terrible. <laughs> you know, and, you know. Well, to play the devil's advocate, Bill Mulkey in the 80s was better than 90% of today's wrestlers. So, Well, I'm not going to argue with there. Argue with you there. I mean, you know, look. I saw Larry Holmes challenge Mike Tyson. And I saw Muhammad <laughs> Ali challenge uh, Larry Holmes. And... You know, could Ali still beat most boxers in the, you know, in the boxing ring back then? Uh, probably. <laughs> okay. Poya anyway. wants to promote the next brawl for Geritol. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, 
All right. I, so I, I don't think I need to be part of this thing. No, but uh, <laughs> seriously, my point being, you know, yeah, Ali probably could have beaten most of the boxers out there, even when he was losing to Larry Holmes and Trevor Burbank. But he wasn't going to beat any top guy. Okay. Um, I'm going to break break character here, break the story, break the uh, uh, break the format. Um, and I might get in trouble for this, but uh, I think if anyone deserves to see it, it's our audience. So I'm going to try to do this. And uh, let's see if it works. Is that Joe Pettacito? Yes. The Bonnie Blackstone? Yes. Well, I can see it, but I can't hear it. Oh. Yeah, there's no audio. Sorry. Austin Ada looks exactly the same, though. I think he's in a little bit better shape. Not a ton, but a little bit. Bear's looking like he's getting ready to go down on him with a few punches. Am I supposed to be doing like commentary over this? I don't know. Maybe you can read the closed captioning. I, I dropped it. Um, that's, it's a shame that the audio didn't cut through. Probably not. Just guys, so we'll send the link to the YouTube in the uh, chat. Make sure you just click the link that way. Yeah, that's actually probably a better idea than me doing what I was trying to do. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, what about those suspenders on what look like sweatpants? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that, there. You go. I see. And when did when did Bonnie Blackstone steal from Dolly Parton? Um, well, that she always did that. That's that's nothing new. Not not, not to that extent. Yeah. Maybe Bonnie Blackstone was secretly Jolene. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are Bonnie, 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 Bonnie. Well, now you know why she had to change it to Jolene because the Bonnie just doesn't work. Mm, that's true. Uh, Sam, Sam Retro brings up uh, a good point, and uh, Idol doesn't look bad right there. I think the video that I saw was a little bit different, but uh, maybe it's the same. Maybe I just blended my old memories together. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Right here, Poyle says, you keep Dolly's sainted name out of your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Luthez said, uh, if you know what Geritol is, it has said something about us. Well, yeah, we're all getting up there, guys. Um, Willie Bowen brings up a toddler can beat the current WWE roster. I mean, I've known a few toddlers, and uh, they ain't shit. I mean, I could take on at least two of them. I don't know. Jaden uh, <laughs> and I shared a video of this kid that, how old was he, Jaden? Four? Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure he could beat most of them. 
I'm pretty sure he could be most. I'm pretty sure he could be all the indie talent and probably most of the talent on the <laughs> top two promotions. It is Dolly's birthday today. My my brother posted that. Well, I, I think Dolly Parton should be a. Um, uh, it's like the patron saint of uh, Southern hospitality. She just seems like such a sweet person. I've never met her personally, but uh, she's uh, she's my people's for sure. Hey, I've, I'm old enough. I was around. I remember the songs like Jolene and. I remember nine to five. Code of many colors. Just real quick, heads up: only parts of Dolly. It's her birthday today. <laughs> Some of hey. it's not even eighteen yet. Man, Jaden, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> what did it, I say that was inaccurate? But just like a, that, Jaden got canceled. Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> when a certain group finds out about what you just said, they'll find you. <laughs> they, they always find you. We all love Dolly. Dolly's <laughs> 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 dead to me. <laughs> hey, that's, I that's said nothing you. that was inaccurate. You know what, though? I will say, um, hey, everybody loves Dolly Parton. And I will argue with anybody that people that say um, Miley Cyrus can't sing. She does better when she does uh, covers of songs. Her covers of songs are great. Better than anything she sings pretty much like her actual music. I love most of her covers of songs, whether it's rock or country or anything. She just she does really good covers. I 100% agree with that sentiment. I think Miley Cyrus uh, was miscasted as a pop star. I think she should be doing like either either flat out country music or like alternative rock and roll type music. She did uh, the the um, oh, what was the what was the song? I can't think of it now. But she did um, Jolene. Jolene with Mac really well. Oh yeah. She did. Um, um, why can't I think of who sang the wall? I'm drawing up complete blank. Uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. She did Pink Floyd extremely well. I've seen her do Metallica extremely well. You know, anybody who says anything, I'm going to argue with. Everybody knows I'm always right, so I'll, I'll win that argument. But as uh, Poyo said earlier, uh, you're not wrong. We just don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that is very true. And James Bell said Dolly just introduced her new line of Dolly Duncan. Oops, I missed that. Uh, Dolly Duncan Hines cake, biscuit, and cornbread mixes. So uh, you too can be having cake like Dolly. Well, I don't think anyone can have cake like Dolly. Uh, Willie's not a big Miley Cyrus fan, uh, but we're going to disagree. Agree to disagree here, Willie. Uh, uh, hey, Willie, Miley Cyrus hates Tyrus. <laughs> Wrestling with MMA, our pal Jeremy says, How in the blue blazer did this turn into a Miley Cyrus discussion? This is the free for all, my friend. We're taking a cue from you guys yesterday and just letting it all hang out. Hey, to, to throw this like on, Dolly lets it all hang out too. <laughs> Working nine to five. You know, there were like 47 verses to that song. Really? Yeah, because basically, as the movie was filming, she would keep adding. Versus to parts that had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, biggest pop ever. Paul, well, you, if you weren't already my favorite person, you, <laughs> you just quickly became it. 
uh, we're going to try to get Poyo on with the Alliance guys. Maybe, uh, maybe in February, maybe the first show in February, we'll try to work it out. We're going to, as we're kind of breaking format here, uh, we're going to return to doing some of the live interviews and stuff that we used to do back in the day. Before this show became a, a strictly a review recap of Power, we used to do a lot of interviews on this show. We've done a few in the past uh, year or so, uh, but I, I'd kind of like to get back more into that. Power is fine, and, and we'll still be talking about Power, but I think it'd be fun to have some interviews back on here where the three of us you know, are talking to talents and, and Poyo. Geez, Poyle doesn't need our our show to put her over, but uh, it should be fun to have on here and just talk some wrestling. So we're gonna we're gonna have Poyle on, hopefully, like maybe the first show in February. Hey, speaking of interviews, one of the people that we did interview with in this last year was, of course, our uh, our good buddy Jack Stain. Yeah, and uh, so I'm going through Facebook and I see this post where Jack Stain's talking about working out that he's finally. Uh, you know, healed up several injuries and he's like finally able to work out with some, what was it like 25 pound dumbbells or something like yeah. that? I mean, just, and I'm just going, you had the year you had and you were so injured. You couldn't, <laughs> you know, you couldn't work out with 25 pound dumbbells. <laughs> oh shit. Just wait about, just wait for what's to come. People think about that for just a minute. This guy has been hampered by, an injury, and he still won the national championship. And he did, uh, look, I, I get there was some extenuating circumstances, but that dude won the title. He was your national champion for about a, three or four months there. And, and it probably uh, explained why he didn't do more, you know, because like a lot of us were, ah, oh, man, we should do more. I, well, you know, now we understand why, but if that guy's back to full health and able to work out and go in and out, burger and everything man just yeah uh, Al james wants to create civil war here in the chat and wants us to bring tyrus on for an interview look tyrus would never come on this podcast because we are not big time and that's okay this show isn't for the big time this show is for up and comers and those coming back down and and, and we'll catch him one way or the other so jay yeah jay yeah okay jay I have a question for you. Let's go. Uh, NWA returned to live shows at the beginning of January. So that they had, what, one? Uh, what do you mean, tapings for this year or for? Well, I'm, oh, I said live shows. I'm sorry. Shows on YouTube where that was our first thing seen it. It wasn't behind the paywall. I, I think they had one. Yeah, the season finale was the last one that was uh was the first episode that was back on YouTube on Tuesdays. Are you surprised that it only, it's only garnered fifty six thousand views? I mean that's only nine thousand more than the episode before. Yeah well so here's we've talked a lot about this offline as well. Yes you are Poyo. Um there was there was a time when the NWA was hitting 100Ks, 200Ks on those videos, and and you know when they when they pulled everything off of YouTube, when they did that, there were still videos on there that had 200,000 views, right? If you go back and and look at the analytic, well, I guess you can't because they pulled it all off, they wiped off the the site, and I don't know what the reason, the purpose was for that. 
I mean, if I had been the NWA during this time, I think I would have just privated those videos because you still would have had those huge, huge numbers. But they literally deleted them off the channel. And uh, I think that was at a, at a point where Billy was ready to just shut the doors down and close it up. Um, obviously, that changed because then they came, you know, they, they ended up coming back. But uh, they also made that deal with Fight. But, um, you know, those shows, the first season, the first two seasons were averaging, you know, between 180 to 200,000 views in a week, week and a half's time. And I think, uh, you know, I think they got there because they had the right mix of talent. Of course, it didn't hurt that Jim Cornette was uh, and his his group of uh, uh, fans were, were tuning into the show. And when he left, there was a decline. Obviously, there was a huge decline. But they were still averaging over 100,000 views in a week's time. And, uh, yeah, it, it does surprise me that they're only at 50, but they didn't do a whole lot to kind of say, hey, world, come look at us. Now, now that this live episode is happening on the 31st, you know, man, I really felt like this was an opportunity for them to strike. And who knows, maybe maybe it is, but, like, the way that it's been booked so far, uh, so what's been announced, there's nothing that's saying – Hey, this is must watch that you need to watch this live because like, you know, we're plugging a wedding that, that didn't even really have much time to be built up, right? Like macho and miss Elizabeth was something that was built up over years and years. And we were invested in the relationship. Uh, the, the, the NWA hasn't given us a reason to invest in Aaron Stevens and, and may there's, there hasn't been a, an emotional attachment to that. So I feel like this is, Okay, this isn't really anything that's gonna stick with me long term. Um, Luthes said Ellsworth got the NWA more views than anyone. It still hurts to know that. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that was the live match that they did in uh, Hollywood. Um, but uh, anyways, I digress. Uh, they didn't. They haven't built this show up to be like must see TV. Um, there's a contract signing between Cardona and Tyrus. Maybe that should have just been the title match. Maybe that would have gotten people to tune in. Now I get it because you're trying to build up to the pay per view as well, but like, what you're not giving anyone a reason to be excited. Am I wrong? No, not at all. In fact, I didn't even know it was coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I knew it was coming back, but I had no idea when or any details and. I remember hearing about the wedding, but I think I kind of put that out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling with MMA wants everyone to know that uh, they had 116 views on their video last night, uh, which that was an episode. If, I don't tune into uh, every minute of that show, but I do watch um, a good chunk of it every week. And that show last night was a doozy, but it was a fun show. If, if you guys haven't watched it yet when you're done watching Poyo show tonight go back and, and watch the other lines guys and then if you want to fall asleep go watch the pre-party it was a, a lot of fun too um uh, matt vermilion says what wrestlers were on then and i think he means back with uh the first two seasons now you had nick aldis you had uh the wild card which was tom uh tom latimer and royce isaacs you had uh josephus you had uh, in his counterpart uh, the Mongrovian, uh, uh, the question mark. You had Ricky Starks. You had Trevor Murdoch. You had Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight. You had uh, James Storm, Colt Cabana, Carl, not Carl, uh, Ken Anderson. Um, 
you had Mims as an enhancement role. You had uh, Sal the Pal as an enhancement role. Um, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, I knew we were getting there. Uh, you had, uh, and that was like the first season. That was kind of like the majority of the talent. Oh, you um, had the Dalton brothers. The Dawson's. Dawson brothers, excuse me. You had yeah. someone so tough they could ride down Ethiopia, which, no, wait, never mind. I don't want to get us canceled. Too late. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I, I feel like it was a uh, it had a strong roster. It just uh, I feel like you can look at today's roster and I think there's a lot of parts of today's roster that are as good, if not better than what we had that first season. Um, we also forgot to mention Tim Storm. We also forgot to mention Zicky Dice. Uh, we also forgot to mention there was a lot of uh, Ring of Honor talent that was coming in um, too, uh, like uh you know, we had the villains, uh, Marty Skrull. Well, I mean, I guess he wasn't technically there, but uh, we had... Uh, you were making an appearance in MMO. Yeah, we had Brody. We had uh, Flip Gordon. Um, so, I mean, we Caleb had Conley. Some... Say that again? Caleb Conley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Caleb. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of good talent, but I, I feel like right now we have maybe even arguably better talent. I mean... Tom Latimer's role has changed significantly. The tag team division, I feel, is superior now than it was back then, you, you know, with, with both Hawk Ari and uh, the inclusion of uh, our tag team champions, La Rebellion. I feel like we had some solid junior heavyweights. Um, Jack Stane made his return in the last episode of season two, um, but, you know, we, we get a lot more of him now, and I feel like it was, I feel like it was a lot better. Uh, sorry, I needed a drink there. Dave Scooby says a lot of people are still in the dark that the NWA is back live on, on YouTube. When they went to fight, they lost quite a few viewers. And and this is, again, if I was running the NWA, which I'm not, but if I was running the NWA, this might be the time where I'm going to invest in some YouTube advertising dollars. And, and I don't know, like AEW has so much content that's released directly on YouTube. We know Impact does a lot of YouTube. We know the WWE has a lot of YouTube. If I'm the NWA, I, I'm trying to buy time on, on those advertising for, for YouTube or for those YouTube channels to get myself out there. Hey, you know, you're looking for an alternative. Hey, you want more traditional style wrestling? Although that's not exactly true. Uh, let's just putting it out there because I think a lot of people don't know what's going on. Like, like Scooby said. All right, well, let's look at the card for the... Oh, someone's got to take medicine. Yeah, that's me. And I will here in a minute. Let's look at the card for the 31st for the live show. So And, there, you, can, is... and you people out there, well, let me go through it, and then uh, we can talk more in detail about it. But I want you people out there to tell me which one that you... Which one has you really chomping at the bit to watch? So... This is what I see so far. For the NWA US Tag Team Titles, the Fixers versus, uh, is it the Country Gentleman? Yes, it's on the screen. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, I was looking at another spot. Okay, so the Fixers versus the Country Gentleman. And Who are the Country Gentlemen? Anthony Andrews and uh, uh, AJ, AJ Kazana. Okay. They're not a bad team. 
not a bad tag team. They're not even uh, uh, bad wrestlers. In fact, I kind of like Kasana. I'll be honest. I kind of hope that the country gentlemen uh, win the titles. I think it would be nice. I, I think that title needs the refreshing of new champions. Yeah. I think they've gotten a little bit like the TBS title in AEW where, okay, it's on Jade Cargill and nobody's expecting to ever lose it. And so, or the television title, like when it was on Tyrus, you know, it's, just, it's almost becomes meaningless. And so, yeah, it, it would actually be good. Now that, they have defended the fixers have defended titles against the country gentleman once already successfully. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if we do get some excitement there. Okay. We also have a no tables match between Bully Ray and Odison. And nobody knows what exactly a no tables match means, since by definition, all Standard wrestling matches should be no tables <laughs> matches. Well, just a thought. So, you know, if somebody uses a table, that's an automatic disqualification. Uh, wasn't that always the case? I, I don't know. Or if they touch a table, is it a, uh, you know. Okay. We have Psycho Love, which is... Angelina Love and, and fodder and fodder versus Camille and Tom Latimer. And I so wait, Angelina Love and um <clears throat> excuse me. And um well, what's Wish. his name now? Davy Davy Richards on Wish. <laughs> Davy Davy Richards the the sequel. Um, oh, by, by the way, real quick, um, I do want to interrupt because we were talking about fodder. Uh, if our boy Carrie Morton holds on to that junior heavyweight title up until uh, uh, June, fodder gets a shot at him. And 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 uh, th- I love that this promotion is promoting a uh, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title match. I love the fact that Carrie Morton's on the card. It's even cooler that uh, it looks like Fodder's now part of the NWA. But why in the world are they still using the Junior Heavyweight Title that our boy uh, 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 Barrett Brown held last? I mean, we haven't seen that belt since Barrett Brown. Uh, someone update that graphic for them, please. Probably did a Google search, honestly. Yeah, maybe. Oh. It's uh, nice to know that he's cannon fodder, though. Oh, so I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about fodder. Well, I just told you he's getting a title shot in June, so you got that. I don't know. You anything need a mutter, a mutter, and a fodder. And of course, you know we've we've talked about Angelina Love in the past. So let's not rehash that. Hello, mutter. Hello, fodder. I have a question for you. Does this, ha- does this have to be a win for Camille and Latimer? No, absolutely not. No, I. in fact, I would have them take the loss. In fact, I would have Camille take the loss because then it gives you something that was completely unpredictable. And for a show like this, it's going to have to be somewhat unpredictable. And and I don't care if it's, you know, uh, you know, someone cheated to win. I don't care if someone hit her with a chair or something. Um, but I, I don't believe it's an absolute win for Kim, uh, Tom and Camille. And I think it actually would do so much more for fodder and love uh, if they come out on top. 
I mean, let's say it's a clean victory with Angelina Love over Camille. Does that really get you any interested in a Camille versus Angelina Love title match? About as much as any Camille match right now, because unfortunately they're not good at building up challengers. At least it's an attempt. I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't want Latimer to lose, but I just, I don't know. I don't, there's nothing about that match that I feel helps anybody. Oh, does it help anybody? Realistically, no. I probably not. But uh, I just uh, it needs to be unpredictable. Whatever happens on this live show, it needs to be unpredictable. If if you and I could sit here and tell you everything that's going to happen two weeks before the show happens, that's not good for the NWA, and especially when they're counting on this show just to kind of get people's attention again. They're, this show is supposed to drive directly to the February pay-per-view, which I, I apparently is doing good ticket numbers already. I, I guess they've already sold like close to 400 tickets, which that's great. With okay. the only match announced has been, been Tyrus versus Cardona for the world title. So, uh, you know, they're, I guess that audience is uh, banking on, on that match, but like, what if, what if nothing else makes sense? What if nothing else is good? I mean, they, they've got to build it up. So, I mean, I understand your thing about needs to be unpredictable, but only to a point that it makes sense for it to be unpredictable. Sure. But like, again, a, a, a mixed tag loss for Camille does not hurt Camille. A mixed tag loss for Tom does not hurt Tom. It, it's a, it's, it's a meaningless division when there's no real rankings, there's no no real title, there's no real benefit to wins or losses here. It, I it, think I, I'm going to disagree with you on if they're clean. I think it does. Okay. If they're clean, I think it makes a it matters because if again because we're talking about trying to build people up, some of us want Tom Latimer to be built up as a potential threat to the world title. I don't know that losing clean to fodder, even a mixed tag match helps that case. Uh, all right. Speaking of predictable, we have the wedding between Aaron Stevens and May Valentine. Where I have it on, I have it on a good authority that Devon, excuse me. I have it on good authority that uh, our boy Dave Scooby is going to make sure that he objects to that wedding. I wish everybody would object to that wedding. <laughs> but, uh, and this is something we talked about last week where it's like almost, if it doesn't go the way in the predictable way, it would almost be worse. So. Well, and then we're, the scary thing too is that uh, there is an officiant by the name of Sam Timo which sounds an awful lot like Santino, which vaguely reminds me of Santino Morella, who I believe is an unrestricted free agent at the moment. No, he's, he's working for Impact. For Impact. Okay, well, regardless, uh, look at the shape of that face. Look at that head. I mean, if there I mean, was it doesn't sock, mean it can't be him. If there was a sock on that hand, I mean, I'm telling you, that would be a dead giveaway. And then uh, we have the contract signing between Tyrus and Matt Cardona. Uh, 
So question, do you want, Jaden, I'll ask you. Should there be a physical altercation between Tyrus and Matt Cardona, or should it just be a lot of flapping of gums? If both of them had a promo ability enough to make me want to see that match and to put asses in the seats, then it should only be uh, verbal. I don't believe either of them have that ability. Maybe, maybe Cardona, but I'm not 100% sold. So there needs to be some kind of altercation where it makes me want to see that match. I just, unfortunately, I predicted some kind of physical altercation happens and somebody gets hurt. Legit. Who's the, who's the face of this match? Who are the fans going to cheer for? Well, Tyrus is well, definitely the ass of this match. They're going to be in Florida. And now I don't know much about Floridian politics, but I know that there is very much a, uh, uh, a conservative state. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, our boy Tyrus appears on Gutfeld uh, on a regular basis, I could see a overwhelming support for Tyrus as champion. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't think that Tyrus has done anything to be a babyface. And then with that being said, Matt Cardona is kind of a, kind of a piece of shit too. Uh, he, you know, he, his, his motives have always been, always been self-serving. Um, you know, he keeps saying, I'm going to save the NWA, but it's, it's, it's not about saving the NWA. It's about putting himself over. Well, we do know Florida is uh, heaven's waiting room. <laughs> Hey, don't we know a few people that live in Florida? I know somebody spends the winters there. Okay. I know a couple of people spend the winters there. Well, Kevin. Yeah, I wonder who Kevin... I wonder if we can get Kevin to go. I'll buy Kevin's ticket if he goes. Talk to Kevin. Hey, Kevin! And the last thing I see on this list, so I don't know if you have anything else... Not Jay, but I see Carrie Morton in action. Yeah, we see Carrie Morton's going to be in action. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's defending the title; just means he's going to be in action. We know that uh, uh, my girls, pretty in power, my besties, they'll also be in action. Um, and that's kind of what we have so far in terms of the show. Now, you know, that's a lot to fit in. You know, fifty-five minutes of of TV. Um, even if they did a little bit of overage, I mean, it's not something that they're used to doing with uh, with uh, the NWA. It doesn't typically go more than 55 minutes to an hour, uh, but it sounds like they have a lot. Of, oh, oh yeah, Poyle, of course, yes, Poyle's right. We're also supposed to have the finals of the Champion Series. That's a lot of wrestling for 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Maybe it'll be two hours. Maybe. Reminiscent of the old Saturday night. Uh, I find it interesting that... Um, the thing that I'm looking at, that's not actually mentioned. The Yeah, you know, I, I've seen the graphic. I knew that was coming. I don't know why I didn't have that up here. Um, I guess I just didn't uh, download it when I saw it. But Selective yeah. memory. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, disagree with that. Look, we, I, we were wishing. Well, no, you know what? I, I, I take that back because I'm actually – I like the Champion Series. Um, I thought that was a good concept. I know that wasn't your favorite, uh, DK, but it, I, I felt like that was um, – the series is a great way to kind of reset whatever's going to be happening next for the NWA. 
And I feel like uh, uh, someone just got text. Um, I feel like um, it's coming. Wait for it. Wait for it. I feel like this will be a good way to kind of get going with uh, what what happens next. Um, Because look at it this way, right? Everybody who the winning team, every winner is supposed to get a shot at a title, right? There's supposed to be some sort of title match. So like genocide and Maddie Renkowski, excuse me, genocide and Maddie, maybe getting a shot at pretty empowered, um, you know, or, or, or Ty Valkyrie getting another shot at Camille or, or on the flip side, maybe black cheese getting a shot at uh, Carrie Morton or EC three, maybe cashing in to get a shot at Tyrus. I mean, there's a lot of ways this can go. Um, you know, and don't forget, Thrill Billy Silas is on that team tires too. Well, I think we'll see. Obviously, with Kerry Morton being one of the captains of Team Rock and Roll, that we see where he could very easily be in action as part of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't guess either the tag team champions are on the, the teams, but. No. And then also just looking at this poster, right? So like Tyrus is the world champion. So if his team wins, theoretically one person from that team is going to challenge him for that title. So it could be his cousin, Trevor. It could be, you know, the up and coming superstar through Billy Silas. It could be the seasoned veteran in EC3. Hell, it could Ronaldo. be Rolando. Yeah, it could be any one of these these guys. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's an interesting dynamic, and and maybe it's not the best for telling stories, but it certainly mixes things up and allows them to have uh, some options on what they do going forward. Okay, you drink the Kool Aid. Uh, I look. I I, I, I sad. Jaden, what are you do now that Jay's drink Kool Aid? Oh, by the way, uh, Luthez wanted to point out that he, he believes that he saw that Jamie Stanley is on his way back in. Jamie Stanley just put up a, a video recently, said that he's going to be back in the NWA in 28 days. I happen to think that Jamie Stanley is a very underutilized talent, and I think he would very much fit in with the direction that the NWA is going, and I would love to see him come back and challenge Jordan Clear, Clearwater for that TV title. I would too. Was he injured? I don't know. He just seemed to have less. So he came in as a tag team partner with with uh, Sam Rudo. Yeah. Sam Adonis. And yeah. they were the rude dudes and kind of did a few enhancement style matches as a tag team. And then uh, the rude dudes uh, kind of, I mean, didn't break up on air, but uh, uh, El Rudo quit showing up to the NWA. And Jamie Stanley kind of took a role as a backstage interviewer question mark well yeah for a while you interviewed the question mark <laughs> no sorry yeah because uh, that was kind of where we had that one that was back when may valentine was pro tyrus well it it was it was what they it was a usa segment and he he had his own basically his own se- segment the stanley screwdriver or something like that right it was it wasn't bad it just wasn't good but i don't think it was it wasn't his fault in my view but i don't know for some reason i was thinking he was injured too but that may just oh 
Poyle corrected me. It wasn't the Stanley screwdriver. It was a Stanley drill, which obviously makes more sense. But yeah, it was, uh, and it was like Ms. TV, like uh, Poyle said, just a very snarky, very funny type uh, commentary. I think he, I think he spoke to Max and was like really intimidated, if I remember correctly. But um, no, I think my my favorite thing was when uh, he had uh, Aaron Stevens on, and so later he had like the next week it was like Aaron and uh, May, and so someone he goes. And he's going to Aaron. He goes, you think you're better than me? And May's like, well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I I cracked up at that one. I, I will admit that. That made me laugh. Even, you... though I, even though I didn't like the May Valentine direction they were going at that time. Do you think that Aaron Stevens is better suited to be a um, personality outside of the ring or inside the ring? This is what Aaron Stevens hasn't shown me yet as a personality outside of the ring. That he can get someone else over. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. That, that was kind of, I, I remember that one being kind of creepy, like like overly sexually suggestive, or maybe flat out just uh pervy. Is that a word? Pervy? Can I say that on YouTube? No, probably not, but at least I don't think they have Facebook jail and, you know, YouTube, so. <laughs> Boy, how did it feel to spend three minutes with America's jawline, that dude, Jamie Stanley? And uh, his response was, I'd rather slam my cock in a car door. <laughs> that's 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 the Father James Mitchell we remember. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my. But, uh, you know, I, I remember liking him as a wrestler. I did too. I, I, I. Speaking of people I like as a wrestler, before you go on, Jay, sure. I also like Christy James as a wrestler and not as a CJ dressed up in a outfit from Vegas. I so, like both. Well, I mean, I like her in her outfit from Vegas <laughs> for obvious reasons. But uh, I. I mean, if the option is you can have her in as a Vegas showgirl or you can have her as a wrestler, I would actually prefer her being in a wrestler. I would too. I like look, I think the pairing is is unique, it's fun, it's silly, and I'm all for it, but I, I feel like <laughs> Doty says bubblegum. Uh I, I'd much rather see uh Christy Jane back in the ring. I mean, she's she's a proven commodity. She's challenged Camille for the world title outside of the NWA. She was part of the empowered pay-per-view. Uh, I, I don't see what the benefit of keeping her as, um, you know, a Vanna, a Vanna white parody when we could have her actually in the ring. And let's be honest, not to, not to chastise uh, the women's division, but she's a talented wrestler, talented than some of the other women that are on the roster. And I, I don't understand why you would leave her outside to be a parody of Vanna white. When she could be inside challenging for the women's world title, or she could be paired as with somebody else as a decent tag team. It just this is when it doesn't make sense to me. This is when I get a little frustrated with Billy's booking. If you want to use her as a as the Vanna White parody, sure, still do that, but put her back in the ring too, because she can actually go. Yeah, especially as the NWA needs some top females, and she could be a top female, so.
I guess Dodie didn't realize that uh, that bubblegum could wrestle. Yeah, she's actually pretty good, Christy Jane. Um, I recommend if you haven't seen her wrestle, check her out. She she was on an episode. Yeah, she wrestled in the NWA. I think she even wrestled on an episode of Power before. Yeah, she. she uh, I don't rem- I don't recall if she wrestled on Power. I know she was at the Empowered pay per view. I know she wrestled on an episode of Primetime Live, which at the time the oh, NWA. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. The NWA and United Wrestling Network were working together. I, I've seen her wrestle at uh, in my local SoCal Indies. Um, yeah, I know I've seen she wrestle here in Texas. Yeah, she's a stalwart in Texas. I think she uh, she's she uh, held the belt for um, our friends over at IHWE. Right? She was their uh, uh, women's she, champion. I think she was queen of the ring at one time. She okay. was back back when uh, SWE was a thing that was actually doing something. She uh she held the women's title there. Well, yes, she has wrestled in the NWH multiple times, champion around the world. But, and, and and boy, I hope you understand. We're advocating just to get her back in the ring because we know she, how talented she is. She's yeah, a great, she's a great talent. I feel like she when we talk about underutilized talents on the roster, she's definitely one of them. And she's right. She does come out with that type of gear to wrestle, and then you know, kind of takes off the back and stuff like that and she used to do a dance i think too or something you know a little, yeah her she you know, did a she it, it's like the uh i want to say it's like um paying homage to brazil um, yeah she is brazilian right um, one of my favorite things were when her and uh may started started talking <laughs> yeah you know in, in portuguese and everything like that and i guess it was jake or whoever you know like left yeah <laughs> <laughs> May went to ask him a question. It's like, oh, he's gone. Oh well. <laughs> I continue. I continue in Portuguese. Love her. Just, just. Willie Bowen says, "Bring back PCO." Uh, yeah, he's under contract. Yeah, he's under contract with Impact. But if the moment ever changes, I would love to see PCO back in the NWA. Uh, you know, someone messaged me today um, on Instagram and said, "Hey, you know who could carry the NWA? Killer Cross." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, he could." But he signed, and he goes, "Yeah, but Vince is back, so you know who knows." And 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 I, I want to ask Jaden. I want to ask Dcam. This is fantasy booking, obviously, because uh, as of right now, he's still under contract. But if a guy like Killer Cross did become available, is that someone you open up your pocketbook for? Is that someone if you were the NWA owner, if you're the promoter, if you're the booker, is that a guy that must be on your roster if he's available? I guess I will say no. Oh. And here's why. I think the potential of Killer Cross before he came back to the WWE was more in demand than the Killian Cross <clears throat> than the Killer Cross that is currently in the WWE. I think he's lost some of that luster in his return. So I think initially when he was the under-touted wrestler that wasn't getting the break and was being misused, I think the NWA could have gotten more out of him than if he's a one-time, two-time, three-times, well, definitely not a lady, but a (laughs) let-go superstar. All right. I'm going to disagree to a point. Yeah. Vince is back and he fires Killer Cross again because he didn't want him to come back, blah, blah, blah. So let's just go with that scenario. 
if Cross comes back, shaves his head again, gets rid of the beard, uh, he's still plenty jacked up, then goes back more to the NXT version of Cross than even... This version's better than the Gimp outfit they had with him the first time. Yeah. You know, that Vince did. But it's still not the killer cross that was in uh, NXT. And I think if you can get that guy back, that, yeah, you can bring him in and you can build something around him similar to the way MLW uses uh, Hammerstone and uh, Jacob Patu and that. My to-a-point statement is he's got to be booked right. Well, I, I do and know this. And my my just concerns with Billy is Billy has yet to show me that he can, for a long-term, book somebody correctly. I So my take is more in line with DKMs and, and I guess more in line with Poyo's too, because Poyo said in the chat, her short answer is yes. Her long answer is yes. Did I do it right? Poyo? Probably not. Um, and Poyo said, as soon as he would leave, however, he would return to creative control of his own character. That was what made him a hot commodity after the fact. And, and one of the things that I, 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 if you watch some of his stuff that he puts out on, instagram where it's a very high produced it's not a wwe produced video it just screams rock star like he just has charisma it, it's almost like a movie um and these are what he's releasing on his own on 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 instagram and i figure if he would take that same energy that same uh charisma and apply that to the nwa and be like hey i'm here i'm here with the uh oh we lost dk um, I'm here, and I'm here to take that 10 pounds of gold, whether it be Cardona or Murdoch or even Tyrus. Like, he's a guy that's believable. He's a big dude. He can cut a, a good promo. Um, and honestly, he's a guy that I think that could carry the NWA forward. Uh, of course, you know, you put him in the ring with a guy like Jack Stane, he certainly doesn't look as big as he does, uh, you know, in the ring with Matt Cardona, but... He's still a, a specimen, if you will. And, of course, if Scarlet comes with him, that's that's always a fun one-two punch. And uh, Poyo says uh, more with more gay lisp with the S, but close enough. Um, but I, I honestly feel like uh, I feel like he could carry the NWA. And for those reasons, you're right. I think his stock did drop a little bit uh, after returning to the WWE. And I don't think as many people would be interested in working with him as they used to. Uh, you know, like a lot of people thought he was going to be headed to AEW. Some people suspected maybe Mexico, like AAA. Um, it, obviously, I, I don't think he was ever going to go back to uh, AAA. But uh, but I, I really do like uh, I, I like him, and I think he would be a great addition to the roster. Who? And so, Jaden, if if he's not the guy who you could see carrying the NWA, is there a guy either under contract that might not be? Or somebody that you you could realistically see maybe taking the NWA, taking a, a shot with the NWA? See, I think where the NWA needs to do is work around with Impact and with Major League Wrestling. 
because uh, I would love to see like Josh Alexander. I'd like to see obviously Hammerstone. If he could work for United Wrestling Network, why can't he work for the NWA? Uh, I'd like to see Jacob Fatu, Davy Boy Smith Jr. come back. Um, Every name you've mentioned so far, I'm, I'm giving you a thumbs up. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, I just had one before you said it. What was his name? Uh, oh, crap. The Af- he's African American. He's big. He works for Impact. I just want to go say it and I forgot it now. Moose. Moose, yeah. I think Moose would be an excellent addition in the NWA. If they're going to have quote-unquote big beefy wrestlers, I think that is the group of wrestlers that they should be circling around. You don't get Imagine, much bigger than Moose. What was that? You don't get much bigger than Moose. That guy is built. Yeah. Imagine that as your core fighting for the NWA and throwing in the Pope and EC3 and Trevor Murdoch and even Cardona. That right there would be a core to build around. And so this is the thing. I know it's great having many places for people to work. Um, and I know AEW, unfortunately, has picked up a lot of people and put him in spots where they're not really being featured, there really needs to be a third alternative. And the NWA isn't it. The MLW isn't it. Impact isn't it. But maybe if you take everything good from all of them and make one promotion. Yeah. I think that could be, with some money behind it, a serious third threat. So what you just suggested, I mean, that that's incredible. Um, obviously, that's... That the hard work around there is getting three different promotions to work together, though, because there's so much ego involved. And you know this. You've been in locker rooms. You've been you've been in talent scout meetings. You've been behind the scenes. Ego is such a a, a nasty bitch when it comes to pro wrestling. And I don't have a better way of saying it. Like you know, for a short time we had the United Wrestling Network and the NWA working together, and that fell apart very very quickly. Um, you know, didn't even last an entire year. Uh, and 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 uh, I feel like I think you're asking for a lot to to have like a promotion like Impact or MLW. I mean, Court Bauer has his own agenda. You know, Court Bauer wants to make MLW a big thing. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Billy Corgan wants to make the NWA its own thing, and Anthem still hasn't given up on Impact being its own thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you with that with that level of talent. I mean, you're at that point, you are a number three, you are able to rival what they're doing in the WWE and, and in uh, AEW. And I think it would definitely garner interest, especially because a, a guy like Hammerstone, you look at Hammerstone and he just screams pro wrestler. You look at Jacob Fatu and what that dude can do in the ring. And it's mind blowing. And of course, you know, Josh Alexander is a phenomenal athlete. He's been carrying uh, impact on his back for the last year and a half. Uh, and then you know, throwing Moose and 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 some of the other names that we mentioned. Here's uh, the thing, though, they've done it with Davy Richards. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Davy Richards. Yeah. Yeah, they did it with Davy Richards. So what's stopping them from doing it with everything else? They've worked with Impact, and they've had a seemingly positive relationship with them recently. Yeah. What's stopping them from doing it, other than they don't want to pay them? Uh, you know, that's another good point. And, um, you know, obviously we don't have the answers to that. We're just speculating. 
Davy Richards is not uh, the main event for MLW, and he wasn't the main event for the NWA. Um, but I feel like, uh, like, like uh, Luthes said, he would be great for the junior heavyweight division. Um, Willie also Willie Bowen says Laredo Kid would be great for the junior heavyweight division. I think Laredo Kid is also under contract with Impact. But you're right, it, it, and the thing about it is, you could totally do it. And it not really upset what's happening in the other promotion because, you know, Impact has its set talent and MLW has its set talent and the NWA has its set talent. And honestly, the NWA TV taping schedule is, you know, right now it's like a, a pay-per-view and, and, and three days of TV tapings and then you're done. Uh, Poyo just said Willie Mack is a free agent and would like to return. I don't know how much longer Willie Mack's going to be a free agent. He he and Brian Cage had this outstanding match in L.A. Uh, that they aired on the um, on the AEW uh, YouTube page, and then uh, they just brought him in to be, have a, a a match on Friday night as well against Brian Cage uh, on Dynamite. And uh, you know Willie Mack might get signed to AEW before it's all said and done. Yeah, in purgatory. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, they, they would, by all accounts, they'd probably use them in the Ring of Honor brand. But even that is not, I mean, right now, that's nothing either. It's just, uh, it's the Honor Club. <laughs> Honor Club and a few pay-per-views a year. What's, uh, what is what what is better at hiding? Do you have the um, AEW Dark? Or do you have the Witness Protection Program that's Impact? <laughs> I see, and that's it's so that like that's such a rough thing for you to say, but it's not wrong. I mean, you can't. Most of us don't get, uh, you know, uh, what is access. I mean, that's not available on every cable subscription. Uh, I don't. When I had YouTube TV, it wasn't accessible that way. Um, and, and then, like, yeah, you could order it in, in in the subscription to watch the Impact TV show. I think it's like five bucks a month on YouTube, but. I don't know a lot of people are doing that. And, and literally five, that's what we we're paying to watch the NWA just a few months ago. So it's, it's kind of hard to say. Um, Poyo says this though, impact is at least a product, which is standalone and not second fiddle to every other product and not one, but two existing brands. Uh, and DK's eating something. What do you got there? DK, I'm getting hungry too. Uh, actually it's just a roll. Oh, I got plenty of those. I disappeared because I needed to pee. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, I know, but... Did you wash your hands? <laughs> Twice, actually. Because I pet the dog. Then I decided I need to take my pills and eat a little something before... I, I suddenly realized that the reason I was probably feeling a little run down was <laughs> I haven't had supper yet. So, all you crazy people talking about crazy things... Should Billy sell the NWA to Freddie Prince Jr.? So, the short answer is no, they should work together. Because, oh, okay, so Freddie Prince has experience with creative. Oh, Jaden just dropped out. Maybe he went to go get some food. Uh, Freddie Prince has experience doing creative with the WWE. Obviously, he is a... Uh, has a history in Hollywood. He's he's done a lot for Hollywood. He's made a lot of money in Hollywood, and he's married to uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, right? Um, I think they're still married. Uh, Last I heard. And uh, I know that he's... 
What's that? She's coming back to TV. Well, good for her. Um, I know that uh, they're he he's a oh battery's dead. Um, he is a he is very uh, knowledgeable about pro wrestling. He knows how to tell a story. These are all things that are good for a creative, good for a booker. But what experiences does he have running live events? What experiences does he have um, producing a pro wrestling show? I, I mean, doing creative is different than directing and producing, right? Okay, I'm going to agree with you, but you can hire people that do those things. Sure. I mean, you guys, I heard you guys talking some while I was uh, moving around. And I heard something about, you know, egos, there's always an issue. And so my thing is, you're not going to get, Billy's not going to ever give up creative. If you're going to give up creative, you wouldn't have to partner with, you know, somebody there are probably people there in his organization that could you know run creative for him yeah so i mean the realistic thing is sure could they work together and be you know a powerful team to propel the nwa forward Um, probably but it's not likely to work that way no and so then the question is, back to my original question is, do we think somebody like Freddie Prince Jr., who supposedly is out trying to open his own wrestling promotion, you know, do you just say, hey, here, do what I did, buy this name, better luck to you, you know? Um, I, I mean, look, there, that's certainly a thing that could be considered. Is this something that... Uh... You know, if I'm Freddie Prince Jr., I don't think that's a bad idea for me at all. If I'm Billy Corgan, I don't know if that's something I would like to give up. You know, again, Billy Corgan isn't hurting for money, right? It's not like he's like, oh, I'm so broke and I can't afford to do anything. He's not hurting for money, but I don't know that he's willing to invest in the way. He's a little bit, to me, like Sinclair was with ROH. And, and, and that's fine. But, like, until there's a reason for him to sell, why would he sell? Because that is a sale. The plane, the plane. Now, GK knows what I'm talking about. Uh, because he might be getting tired of it. You know, wrestling really does wear on you. And especially when you're in the creative area. Having to deal with wrestlers' egos. Having to deal with getting wrestlers on the cards and then something happens. And <clears throat> having to deal with... TV tapings and, and pay-per-views, even if they only happen like once every six months. It's very, very taxing on you. And some people just don't have that. Real quick, I mean, you have to have a passion for it. And even then, it'll still kill you. Real quick, I want to just point out that uh, I shared our Discord uh, server link in the chat. If you guys want to join um, some of our discussions that we have offline... Um, we do have a Discord for uh, the Alliance uh, Wrestling Group. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of it, all you got to do is join. We're friendly, uh, like-minded wrestling fans. If you're just looking for a place to talk wrestling or really almost anything, uh, feel free to join. We have a general chat. We do we put up free matches that we find from time to time. A lot of dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiator matches end up there. Uh, we put a lot of uh, United Wrestling Network stuff up there. Um, check it out. All right, back to the regular broadcast. Yeah, but seriously, it's very taxing. You have to love it, and you have to be insane 
to be in, in anything in wrestling. And if you're not insane, yeah, if you're not insane, it will drive you there. So it sounds like you're speaking from personal experience. Oh yeah, very much so. It is very taxing to deal with professional wrestling, having to deal with a building deciding that it's not going to honor its deal for you to rent the building and and last minute, or having to find a ring because uh, the one you had is sold out to somebody else, the one you were renting, or having to having to get with a wrestler who is fine and being booked for the uh, for months and then all of a sudden has to pull off because they have a better opportunity or having to deal with people thinking they're having a better opportunity, but instead they're going to be on an undercard on an independent show with the Hardy boys. And they think that's, what's going to get them over, you know, um, it's very, very frustrating to have to deal with that bullshit stuff. And, um, it's very, very taxing, and it makes you not love wrestling. Uh, having a wrestler who you've been looking forward to have back, and then he can't do it because his new job doesn't allow you to do it. That that's you know you plan things around that you want to do, and then it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, trying to get the wrestlers you want, but they are somewhere else, or they have a son's birthday party that day. Or something like that. There's always something. And yes, I know everybody has their own lives and it's an independent contractor and everything else, but it's very, very, very frustrating to deal with professional wrestlers. And that's why Billy Corgan might sell because he just might be fed up with it. I mean, and I'm not saying that Billy's ready to sell today. Right. But, you know, he's talked about TV and being close and. All that. Well, again, we've heard that since before uh, Power went to YouTube the first time. Bruce Starp was talking about TV. Bruce Starp talked about TV for five years, publishing books. And, uh, well, even Jim Cornette would, was talking about how Dusty, when they signed some deal somewhere and they were Can we make a major coming? motion pictures and sitcoms, Daddy? Exactly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is he coming back? Are we getting some dusty? Here's weird times. You know, you know what? No, no. Bruce Tharp is definitely 100% only Bruce Tharp. Yeah, there's never going to be another Bruce Tharp. Uh, there, uh, I, I think it would be both in an insult to both of them to compare them to each other. Uh, you're right. And Poyle is talking about Billy's connections. And this is true. Like, they're, like, look, Billy is a, is more connected, has more money, is willing to spend more than what uh, Bruce Tharp ever could. I think Bruce Tharp genuinely had the NWA's best interest in heart when he started. I think towards the end, he was looking for a buck. Um, I think Billy Corgan uh, has the best interest for the NWA when he started, and I still think he's at that. He's still there. I don't think he's doing anything to. I don't think it's in his heart or in his his actions that he's trying to hurt the NWA. I just think some of the decisions he make uh, don't necessarily gel with the audience, and I don't think that's a oh. him being negative or trying to be hurtful. I just think that you know, like putting the belt on Tyrus uh, is very 
self-serving for him and Tyrus. Like, uh, I, I don't see uh, an audience that says, hey, we needed Tyrus to have that world title. Nobody, nobody was clamoring for Tyrus to have that world heavyweight championship. You know, there were people who were like, yeah, put the belt on Cardona. There are people saying, hey, put the bat, put the belt on, on Murdoch. Then you had me over here saying, hey, put the belt on Pope. But but I didn't hear one person say, put the 10 pounds of gold on tires. I, I do want to make one, one comment. It's not that Billy doesn't have connections. I'm, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. And, I mean, the guy is, you know, an alternative rock star. And so I'm not questioning that. I'm saying whether he's on a different level, whether he has connections, we don't know. Whether we have connections, we don't understand. After five years, he's got the same TV deal that, you know, as far as a real TV deal, that... uh you know, everybody else got from Tharp to the yeah, uh, well, you know, new power, whatever. It it's not easy, which is what we're talking about. It isn't easy. It is hard. It is time consuming. It is frustrating. That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's it will wear you out. You know, that's what Jaden's talking about. This will wear you out. Don't you think though, that Caleb Dune, that a Canaan Jarris would also have good t- uh, t- connections too, if he's ran the NWA. I mean, he was part before order 66. He's part of the Jedi order. <laughs> oh, geez. you know, he's, he, he, he can get some of that Scooby douchebag money and uh, maybe work with uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer and get some kind of deal going. I, I honestly, and I'm not trying to speak for Poyo here, but I don't think that that's the conversation um, that Poyo was having. I think Poyo was saying, like, look, uh, Billy has got more connections than Bruce. 100%. That's not that's not even debatable. Uh, it's a different story, though, when you when you bring up uh, uh, um, what's his name again? Freddie Mr. Prince Jr. Yeah, Freddie Prince, Mr. Mr. Michelle Geller. Um, I, obviously, that guy has some connections, and in, in I think that's why he's so attractive to a lot of, um, you know, would-be wrestling fans for him to be joined in the world of pro wrestling to him start his own promotion or to buy a promotion because they know that he's, number one, passionate about the product, but two, that he has the history working with the WWE, and three, the connections. Um, but who, like, I still don't think that Billy Corgan is, is in any, has the slightest interest of selling the NWA, but I... Look, I don't know. I, I, I'm not always right. Well, and again, I'm not saying he is today. I'm. I first posed the question just as something to talk about. You know, do we think somebody like maybe Freddie Prince Jr. could do something or whatever? It's just. It's just again, it is very, very difficult. And even with those connections, apparently they're not connected enough to be able to get on TV. No, I mean, it, well, it, I mean, uh, let's just look at the last statement she said. You know, people have meetings, make meetings with Billy just so they can meet with Billy. Okay, well, that's great for them, and they get to meet their icon. 
But yeah, and yeah, you can talk business, but in the long run, it doesn't mean they're interested in having a you know wrestling. Wrestling still has a bad reputation. You look at look at somebody like David Marquez, and I know that uh, he isn't everyone's cup of tea either. But you know, he's on in so many different markets, and that guy that guy's wrestling promotion is based on advertising. He's not go, he's not spending Billy Corgan money on talent. He doesn't have Billy Corgan money to spend on talent. His venues, he's not spending Billy Corgan money on that. Again, he doesn't have that money. What he has is connections to small markets. He has connections to advertising. And, and that's how that show is getting produced. And I'm not saying that his talents are, are, are getting paid tons and tons of money. No, they're, you know, they're, they're probably making pennies on the dollars compared to what some of the WWE and AEW contracts are. But there's guys that are, you know, on those shows because they're getting paid, they're getting exposure and, and he's making money doing wrestling on TV. It's a TV program. And, and I'm not saying that the NWA has to follow the same formula, but I'm, I am saying there are ways around it. Hoyle says exposure bucks. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm not going to sit there and ask Danny Limelight what he's getting paid as world champion or what Jordan Clearwater was making as, as world champion. But I imagine it's a little bit more than exposure bucks. Um, and then Poyle also wants to point out that let's also remember that two plus two plus of the five years were a screeching halt uh, to COVID. And, and yeah, you're a hundred percent. That is factual. You cannot debate that the pandemic pause really did, you know, part of my language, but fucked everything up. You know, they were, they were supposed to be in a small arena for uh, the uh, Crockett cup 2020. They had a main event, which did well the year before it was going to be Nick Aldis versus Marty scroll. Um, you know, they were leveraging to get to that next step. Uh, you know, I'm going to agree with that to a point, but here's my point. Billy Corgan himself has said that he is on schedule with his 20 year plan. He's five years into it and he's on schedule. Here's another thing too, that I don't think people really have understood the argument with TV is not what it used to be. Right. Mm-mm. <clears throat> TV is people are losing millions of dollars on TV right now just to hope it does well on streaming. Yep. You know, so TV might be a completely foreign concept in 10 years. Oh, I, I definitely believe that the it, it's a dying format because, like, look, I haven't had cable TV in like five years. Uh, you know, I, I, I cut the cable years ago. I pay just me speaking personally. I pay for Hulu. I pay for Peacock. I pay for Netflix. I play for Disney plus Amazon prime is thrown in because we have the prime membership. Um, Poyo says I literally don't own a TV. Um, and I don't necessarily think traditional TV is the end goal. Uh, and I don't either, you know, I've heard Billy say that there are talks with several streaming companies. I mean, who knows the NWA could be on Amazon. The NWA could be on Netflix. Uh, you know, before it's all said and done, the NWA could be on on any one of these platforms if the right opportunity presents itself. Right. And, it, and, and we have to watch and be careful with all. I mean, there was a time getting, you know, getting on Netflix would be great. And, you know, some people question how much longer Netflix can survive. And, and you know, like I've said, you by the time you get all the streaming services, you pay as much as you did when you had cable. And I'm probably paying more. Yeah, but the benefit is, I well, I don't even know. 
I'm thinking about it now. Maybe I'm wrong at this situation. But at least I can watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it. Yep. And that's and and that right there is why it's still beneficial. Uh, that's why streaming is so much more beneficial. I Both. pay to see the Mandalorian, and if I get the Bad Batch along with it, that's great. Uh, I pay to see Cobra Kai, and anything else I like I watch. Uh, you know, where, where are they? I don't even know where they are. Where uh, Cobra Kai? Mm-hmm. Netflix, California. No, Cobra, they're in- Kai, Cobra Kai started off as one of the YouTube originals. Like it was right. like, YouTube had that streaming platform for a minute. And then they disbanded, and uh, and and uh, Netflix got the rights to Cobra Kai. Um, but like you know, in, in in you know, at one point, Yahoo had its own streaming service. Do you guys remember that? It was uh, they had uh, the. I mean, I believe you, but I have no memory of it. The most famous show that they had was the last season of Community, was part of their was part of their deal, and. Uh, it's it's one of those things. Poyo brings it up too. If done properly, YouTube is a very viable option. The shortfall is compensation, and, and I think that's what we're talking about. The first two seasons of the NWA, when they had such a huge following and, and two hundred thousand views on matches on shows, uh, was certainly something that they could have built upon. And of course, everything came to a halt. And again, you you have to just blame the pandemic for that. You. Um, the pivot, I think, should have happened much sooner, and I don't know that going exclusive to fight was the right decision, but it is what it is. Now that now that they are back on YouTube uh, as a, you know not exclusive to fight, I should say, um, you know the pay per views. There's going to be an increase in price for pay per views if you want to watch it now. DK, you know, you and I used to just get it for free as part of our all in package, but now that's not a deal anymore. And so, if I want to watch uh, this pay per view coming up in February, I'm I'm paying twenty five bucks for it. Shit, I was paying forty five for the entire year, and got everything last year. So this year, uh, the cost of doing business, the cost of being an NWA fan, is every pay per view is going to cost me about twenty five bucks, and maybe some of them more. Well, you know, some of this I'm going to blame on Crockett for selling to TBS. (laughs) We're going back in the way back machine. Well, and yeah, and. And here's my reasoning why. When TV, go watch the first episodes of Raw. No. When they were like an hour long and, you know, the big event was the one, two, three kid who was out wrestling as a jobber every week under a different name. The Lightning Kid. Yeah, he was lightning kid outside, but then when he went WWE, like the cannonball kid, every week he'd have kind of like a new gimmick and he'd lose. <laughs> and so then he beats Razor Ramon. And that's yeah. when they named him the one, two, three kicks. He got the one, two, three. And uh everything. And so the thing was anything can happen on Raw. Do you know what Raw was? Raw was the standard. almost studio-based show or, you know, early arena TV taping type show of primarily enhancement matches. Yeah. That didn't have main events. TBS... It was all main events. It's Shawn Michaels versus uh, versus uh, Max Moon. Exactly. That's a main event anywhere in the country. Exactly. 
Max so, Moon was severely underrated. Are we talking Conan or are we talking Pat Tanaka? So, no, we're talking Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond. Know, that's what I meant. So uh, Turner buys uh, Jim Crocker Promotions assets. And, you know, what do they want? They want TV content. They want ratings. And so they go, what can get us bigger ratings? And they go, well, you know, if we put like, you know, maybe a main event match on stuff like that, you know, Sting versus Flair. Well, that's great. Well, then what are we going to do next week? We'll do them again. <laughs> and and uh, you put people in charge that know nothing about wrestling. And so they're just kind of following along and, you know, you get tag teams like the Ding Dongs or the hump, Hunchbacks. Was, was that what they were called, Jaden? Do you remember? There was a Hunchbacks. There was the Ding Dongs. There was the question marks. Oh, wait, wrong company. You know, the. What about the Dups? Stand up and bowed up. Yeah. Well, there was a. My. my the, the whole thing with the hunchbacks was that because they had the big hunchback, they couldn't be pinned. Whew. Because you couldn't get both the shoulders down, they would just roll back and forth. They never actually made it on TV, unlike the Ding Dongs, who by the time they had their first match with their little bells going all over the thing, even the commentary was making fun of them. One of uh, the doors. And uh, one of the things that Bruce Pritchard, Pritchard was talking about was that uh, uh, I guess it was the uh, the Von Brauners when they would come into Texas, uh, their manager had a whistle. And would have whistles to like you know tell the his opponent his uh, tag team what to do, and so the promoter started selling whistles. It's a great way to to to, to sell merch is like distract the uh, the other team the bad guys. So they're selling whistles all over the stadium, and then the next week they had flashlights to, to cue the wrestlers what to do. So then they sold a bunch of flashlights. It's it's brilliant brilliant uh, marketing strategy. Yeah, would be. But anyway, my point was, TV started becoming. You know, in the Turner area and Turner companies, TV was more important than the home home shows. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> stop doing that, Jay. Anyway, I can't uh, help it if Poyo's funny. Yes, but she's distracting me from my point. <laughs> You know, so back in back in the day, TV was used to sell the show. Yeah. And so there's no show to sell anymore. And so in a way, yeah, I think YouTube and some of those things, they could be. I mean, let's remember Memphis drew, you know, like ratings of like 30. 30 uh, world class through in the 20s. And uh, not million, but, you know, the writing numbers back before they just used. Both. I think, can you stop putting these on until he's done his damn point? <laughs> both, both, dear. I know you like to put ends in this thing, but I like this this uh, podcast will eventually end, you know? No, it won't. No? No. 
we're, we're going to you know we're going to go forever and ever and ever amen i'm glad it's free nobody was going to pay for this god have mercy including us god yeah. have mercy on our oh, we're paying for it for sure i'm paying for it right now Hey, you know what? I pay. I pay for the software. Uh, by the way, last night the other guys went two and a half hours, so I'm just trying to drag it out so we can beat that. Yeah. Of course, if we wanted to beat them in a good way, we'd end it now. But uh, <laughs> we'd ended it half an hour ago. <laughs> no kidding. My point is to all that is that wrestling fans now are accustomed to this. You need to have a big show, and it needs to have main events and it needs actually I wish somebody and I've said this about the NWA in the past I go I'd rather I'd rather they go back to running live shows at bigger venues and that you use the YouTube show as a way to promote it because you know let's remember those studio shows were making higher ratings than in markets than uh, the national shows know now. Yeah. You know, it's just... And yes, it can get different, and you're probably not going to draw the ratings or the number of people that you used to to an extent. But you can't deny that, you know, WWE can boast and go, oh, look at this clip we have this clip on youtube and they got you know a billion views yeah it was three minutes <laughs> but that's the technology that's the the way things are going shorts and uh tiktoks they're not very watched. long and that's all the people have the attention span for nowadays and, and nobody watched the other videos their other videos have you know a tenth of that but they'll point to the one that got you know the billion views or whatever. Uh, the most watched TikTok of all time is a is a girl mimicking the M to the B part of a song. M to the B, it's M to the B, M M M M M to the B, M to the B, M to the B, bam. That's the most watched TikTok of all time. And that's what the problem we're dealing with nowadays. I think they should go back to squash matches because they're at least they're short. Maybe that's what they should do. They should do short squash matches and then just have really good promos and interviews, kind of like with what Jim Crockett promotions in Memphis kind of were anyway. Yeah. No, I, well, I, when they first said they were going to do a studio show, I thought that's what they were going to do. And then you would build up to a pay-per-view. Same. I was, I was, uh, you remember that first season uh, I, I flew out because I knew that they were doing the TV tapings uh, you know, we were we were all informed that there was a TV taping. We didn't even know the name of the show when you when I flew out to Atlanta. I went to the press conference uh, where they kind of explained what it was. It's going to be a return to studio style wrestling. I kept laughing. I'm like, Dave Marquez has been doing studio studio style wrestling for the last 15 years. But go ahead. And and as he was explaining, you know, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. And I don't know that they stayed true to that vision. But I don't know if they had a lot of options. They're trying to put out entertainment. Um, they're trying to put out something that's going to keep people viewing. I think both of you guys are right. I think more squash matches would benefit the NWA. And I, I, I really wish there was a way that they could start running more live events. And I know that's, you know, Billy has mentioned, that we're gonna, hey, that's the plan. We're going to be doing more live events. Good. Good. Do more live events because I think that's where you're going to get 
that greater connection to the audience. You're going to get that greater connection to the fans. I, I mean, look, when we first, when, when Power first debuted, I flew from Los Angeles to Atlanta. I know that there are people driving in from South Carolina to Georgia. I know people were driving in from Ohio to, to be at that show. I know that there nobody, are people. Nobody from Ohio is allowed to leave that state. Oh, no. I There was at least one. And I know they that there, they escaped. Security. there are people in, in Tennessee who flew to be at that show. That's how important it was for a lot of us. And, and like, we'll go back to the 70th anniversary show. People were flying in from all over the country to be at that 70th anniversary show because it was special. It was unique. It was important. If you give us those same style of matches on a weekly TV, the pay-per-view seemed less important. Uh, <laughs> the Poyo says there's someone from Ohio during it, the NWA roster dag Um, But, but I, I, I agree with you guys that if, if it was, if these TV tapings, if USA and power were both kind of, I don't want to say marginalized, but kind of went back to more of a, Hey, the main event of this show is going to be a number one contender for the TV title, or the main event of this show is going to get an opportunity to wrestle at the pay-per-view and, and kind of scale back and not give us so much and then have more monthly pay-per-views or more live events. I think that, I think that's a, a better recipe for success. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that this would be successful. I'm saying that if I was put in charge, this is probably what I would do, which is I would probably try to have like a weekly show somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, live event show somewhere. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Thursday, it doesn't matter. Uh I would basically feature the television championship in the United States tag team championship on the, sh on the shows. And honestly, I probably only have one, maybe, I, two, you know, and it would be more of the Georgia championship wrestling style where it's about 50% wrestling, 50% talking. And the wrestling is Primarily enhancement matches with the TV title or whatever, basically being the turn across the massive. I don't doubt that. But, you know, but then I also wonder is could you do like an old territory or not? I mean, I don't, I don't know if in, instead of running, uh, I will say this. Uh, and to Poyo's point, like, yeah, it's you're right. A lot of the talent doesn't live in one centralized location. There's a lot of talents in California. There's talents in Florida, talents in Texas, talents in, in Tennessee. Here's the thing, right? Hear me out. A local show to Nashville, because that seems to be where a lot of the talent was located. I don't know if that's changed. A, a, a weekly show in Nashville could be your live event your TV tapings that you're doing currently could be your power. And, and there's a way to make it work you, you, because I don't need no offense to the fixers, but I don't need Jay Bradley and I don't need uh wrecking ball Ligursky on every show. I only need them on some shows. So bringing them into one TV taping a month, 
and one and and the TV tapings for power, I think would be totally sufficient. And I think uh, to to DKM's point, you know, if they were doing a weekly show, maybe not even at the Nashville like the what, the Skyline Studios. What what if Billy invested in a small building uh, for himself where they could do live wrestling, you know, one day a week? And I know that seems kind of uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe that's a little bit more than what they need. And but there's, I mean, like, look, I've been to Nashville. A lot of the people here have been to Nashville. It's not like there isn't a a uh, shortage of live event venues that if Billy Corgan, with all of his connections and his country, you know, not country, his music sound goes down there and says, hey, look, I'll do a monthly show here if we could tape every Friday night here. You, you know, I, I'm sure that somebody would be interested in that. And and you don't have to bring everybody every week. Right. I mean, you can put, you know, at one time in world class, Dallas and Fort Worth were separate, were separate bookers, you know, for the city. And Fort Worth people would use primarily Fort Worth guys, and Dallas would use primarily Dallas guys, and then it was the upper card. So you don't have to every week have, uh, you know, Tyrus in the main event defending the world title. But if you you could put a seven match card. I think that's directed at both of us, but either way. Um, I mean, probably. But, I mean, you can put a seven-match card that has three matches that are basically the, you know, locals, including locals that are over, and then, you know, just bring in four guys. And if there are four, four or five guys that live around the area, even better. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you can't. And I'm going to say this again. At some point, you're going to have to lose money. I mean, I mean, honestly, the goal is to not lose it long. The goal is to, you know, you know, get it back as soon as possible. But at some point, you're going to have to lose money or you're going to or, you know, get like they were saying about where the pay-per-views are. The thing, but, you know, you're trying to build her a pay-per-view, you're trying to. You're trying to make people want to see things. And I just don't. And you got to drop this casual fan bullshit. I mean, there there is no casual fan. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There is no casual fan in wrestling. I'm going to disagree on that one, DK. Well, my thing is that a casual fan, in the way that most people are using it, is they're wanting a WWE fan. Yeah, okay. You know, there, I mean, there's all, yes, there are casual people around here that may go to a show that's in their backyard, but they're not going to drive to the other side of Fort Worth. I'm one of those people. You know, but... When you're going, well, I want to pick up the casual fan for my show or whatever you're saying. Well, you know, there's between 1.7, 2.5 million people watching WWE, and I want to steal some of them away to watch my show. 
and you're not going to. That's that's why they do the sports entertainment. That's why we have a wedding. Yeah. Because I'm not, I mean, Billy has, I don't know if he's flat out said it like this, but he's at least said things to the, to the thing of. Don't read that, make your point, and then I'll put it up. That, you know, he's interested in more than just his current base of fans, which, I mean, sure, you want to grow. But you can't turn off your current base of fans at the same time unless you're replacing them two to one. Sure. There's yeah. a thing you're not going to out WWE WWE. Right. And that's the problem. You're not going to have the production values, the star power, the home built audience in the WWE. So why try to copy them? Because you just come off as a pale imitation. You should be, nobody should try to be the next ECW. Nobody should try to be the next Jim Crockett promotion. Nobody should try to be the next WWE. They should be the first them. The NWA has a slight exception because of the name value and association with it, but they should try to be the first NWA and be something special and not another cheap ripoff of AEW, Impact, WWF, WWE, Jim Crockett Promotions, AWA, Herb Abrams, UWF, or whatever the hell they want to be. All right, let me let me interject what uh, Poyle said, and we'll start wrapping it up for the night. Uh, Poyle said, generally speaking, oh, wait, we already said that. Poyle said, so let me speculate based exclusively on gut instinct. My guess is the NWA, as Billy suggested, is moving to an increased taping schedule, which will require shorter intervals between shows. And I think that is likely to include hitting new and various locations. I know two locations were discussed for February 11th through the 13th, and neither were in Tennessee. And Poyle also points out that she is a clear and present sign that the NWA is looking to evolve its fan base. And and yeah. I, I, I and that's true. And that's, I think that's the correct way to evolve your fan base by including interesting acts, including different acts that um, I, I think could bring in, like you said earlier, Poyle, you were literally um, mining people on, on uh, twitch.tv you're mining an audience for the NWA right there. You are a personality that uh, I, at least I can speak for myself. And I think DKM as well. We think that you add a lot of value to what you're bringing to the NWA. Uh, the relationship with, uh, with, with uh, Thrillbilly has been fun. Um, you bring a lot of uh, an interesting dynamic. And if the, you know, if the drag community wants to follow you to the NWA, I'm sure Billy Corgan would be more than happy to take their dollars and uh, I think that that would be an interesting aspect. You know, it, I would pop if I showed up in St. Louis and and uh, there was a ton of uh, a drags, uh, drag queens there as, as well as regular wrestling fans that aren't drag queens. I think that'd be a very interesting dichotomy and a weird audience as well. But I, I also feel like... But they have to be dressed like Dolly Parton since it's her birthday. Yes. Um, and then Poyo says, we're going to Tampa, a first for us in recent years. And then the other location discussed would also be a new one for us, as in a third location, which was discussed last year. Well, this I'm is great. Conscious. I mean, that's great. And it's good news because, again, at the, at the crux of this free-for-all podcast in every podcast that has ever aired on the Alliance blog network, it's been about the what we like and dislike about the NWA and ultimately our hopes for the national wrestling Alliance is that a good product will come and, and, and keep the NWA history tradition and legacy afloat. 
and and this thing that we've invested so much of our of our lives into it. I know I have never put uh, uh, my own money into the NWA, but I have spent lots of my money following the show, uh, literally flying to Nashville, flying to Atlanta, flying to China, flying to, you know, thinking about flying to Mexico, you know, uh, getting a better camera, uh, paying for a podcasting software. Like I've invested money in, in, in covering the NWA and in, in, in helping to promote a brand that I care so much about. These guys have been on here donating their time, their effort, their energy, because we're promoting the NWA. And, and I'm not saying that I the NWA, nine hours. Yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. the NWA owes me a dime. Right. But I'm saying that at the crux of everything that we do on the show, it's, it's to help further the national wrestling Alliance and the United wrestling network. And whichever wrestling promotion we talk about, whether it be Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, Major League Wrestling, uh, uh, IHWE, or or you know AWS or SoCal Pro or EWF or Mission Pro, I mean any wrestling promotion we talk about here, we're trying to help promote that. So even though that uh, you know we we are critical of the NWA, we also are very um, positive about what the NWA could be and and, and what we hope it it will be. So, um, you know, with that being said, this has been a fun show. Hopefully we'll do more like this in the future. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do some more like this in the future. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you, you know, DK, you said I was drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think I'm more excited right about the Kool-Aid. I'm more excited about the NWA in 2023 than I was in 2022. I'm waiting to see. Uh, Jaden, I know that there are some events coming up for Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Is there any information, news you, you can share with us? Uh, yes, I can tell you already that there is a private event that's going to be taking place at Rowan University for the Ro- Chamberlain Student Center in Rowan University for Rowan After Hours, their program to keep their kids from going out to the bars. Raw. Raw. And it's called Raw Salmania. <laughs> I the best worst name I, ever, by the way. Oh God, I know, I know. But um, I do can tell you that already signed is one half of the NWA United States Tag Team Champions, Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Ligurski, and also a wrestler who the NWA fans may know very well, M Dog, Mad Dog, Matt Cross. Oh, former uh, content, no, former number one contender for the TV title and junior heavyweight title, if I'm not mistaken, at one time. And uh, I can already tell you that's involved. Plus, current Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators heavyweight champion, Busky. Busky. Is he selling shirts? You got to shoot me a link. I need a Busky shirt. I'll make sure he has it when he comes to the next event that I'll be promoting. But. Um, there also will be Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Tag Team Champions, Patch and Vinny the Fixer, also known as the Old School Empire. World Wrestling Grand Prix Champion Chris Steeler will be in action. In fact, you're going to hear it first. It's going to be Chris Steeler versus uh, Matt Cross. Oh, damn. Banger after banger. Chris Steeler only wrestles in bangers. Yes. <laughs> Clanger and bangers. And he will be. Uh, that'll be the, one of the many amazing matches on that card. But they got that's a private one. But if you stay to the YouTube, who knows? It might show up on there, depending on how uh, 
how I tricked the system again. And then um, you also see on March 25th at the MaxFit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South, in beautiful uptown rustic Glassboro, New Jersey. You'll see the whoever is the dog champion will be defending the dog championship will be on that card. Whoever is the WWGP champion will be defending that championship on the card. Whoever is the dog tag team champions will be defending on that card. And also, it'll be the alliance-wrestling.com convention as we're going to see a whole bunch of people from the Alliance Guys podcast and some of our fans. I'm inviting every single one of you to come on down, up, over, under, however you get to Glassboro, New Jersey, and make sure you check out this dog as part of the first annual Alliance-Wrestling.com fan convention. You know, there was a, at the 70th anniversary, someone did a meet and drink, and I was a part of that and met some really cool people. I don't know if meet and drink is what we'll be doing in uh, rustic Glassboro, New Jersey, but uh, I certainly plan on being there. And uh, anybody that uh, who is a part of our Alliance family uh, will definitely get a beer from me if they want one, or we'll just uh, we'll just hang out in the seats. I tend to jump up with my camera and take some photos, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, maybe you can get a photo with Busky Eric Martin with your new Busky shirt. Yeah, maybe we can get a fo- maybe we can get a photo so that the next time you do a shirt with everybody's faces, we can still hide Jaden's. <laughs> I, I don't think Jaden, um, you know, the burns haven't healed up correctly. I don't think he wants to be on the shirt. The only problem with the shirt is my image is trademarked by Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. It cannot be used without permission of Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators and Dog Subsidiaries LLC. Copyright trademark. That's giving infringement, brother. Um, DKM, DKM, two things. What? First of all, um, have you been talking to David Fuller at all? Are we going to get a return of IHWE in 2023? There's a hope. Uh, there's been talk about maybe trying to do a small show in the spring, not a big one. Uh, as if you pay attention to the show recently, you know, David Fuller has had some serious health problems and, uh, really set back all our plans that we had. Yeah. And so uh, life happens. But I know we, we've talked about and we'd like to do some small shows. If he can, there's a chance that he may come on the show to talk about some of the future plans. Uh, once he's uh, feeling a little bit better, he's, I mean, I'm not going to get into any details, but He's kind of gone from one health problem to another for about seven months now. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just been hard. Yeah. And, uh, but we do hope. I got a lot of belts here at my house that need to be defended, so... (laughs) You know, hoping to hoping to put on a show, even if it's just a small one at a school. 
maybe I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe a champion could travel to a certain state in a different a different state to defend the title. I'm just saying, you know. Maybe. Any, anyways, I'm not trying to book anybody else's show. I'm only trying to worry about this podcast, which happens every Thursday next week. Oh, I almost forgot to. You said two things. What was the other? I said two things. I'm going with that. Yeah, sure. He's probably going to uh, ask you what your socials were. Oh, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. What your what are your socials, DK? Oh, uh, DKM FWTX everywhere, and I had to block somebody. Oh, because they were uh, they were bugging me. Wedding photos. That's because I told you you kept wanting those memes. You were laughing at them, so I was going to keep sending them to you. <laughs> I I told you after the bride that was bigger than the boat not to send me anymore. Anyway, by the way, I will say that for those of you that actually like sports, we are, of course, in the middle of the great uh, college wrestling time in duels. So uh, pay attention on pay attention on some of the different sites and you can watch some, you know, real good amateur college freestyle, not freestyle, excuse me, uh, folk style, folk style wrestling. Which is different than freestyle wrestling, and uh, it's totally different than scholastic, believe it or not. As someone that did uh, both Greco Roman uh, freestyle and uh, the high school style of wrestling, I guess that's more than both. Uh, well, okay, it's been you know, it's getting late, so let's wrap it up. Next Thursday, we will be joined by Mims right here on this podcast. Special thanks to Poyo for helping uh, reach out to Mims. We'll be doing uh, the old fashioned Alliance guys podcast where we'll talk to Mims. We'll, we'll get his background. We'll find out what drives Mims and, and all that good stuff. We'll be talking uh, again about where he started, how he got to where he's at now, what his future goals are and all that good stuff. So I hope you will join us for that. Of course I will be here Tuesday and that would be Tuesday for the pre party with this guy right here. And uh, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, just the things, uh, news and information, around the National Wrestling Alliance and around the United Wrestling Network. And, of course, we'll be back uh, Wednesday with the other Alliance guys. I have no idea what they're going to talk about. We're All of us are kind of getting sketchy because uh, we're running out of NWA wrestling content to watch. Um, Poyo also wanted us to point out that Mims is a dern, dirty, no-gooder and said, ask Mims about how he came up fangirling over me and asked for a photo because his girlfriend loves me. <laughs> well, we real, quick, po- real quick, Poyo. Uh, you should be glad the NWA is no longer in Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see. Oh! Uh, <laughs> I love it. Oh, All right. Good. I like it. I, that I was like awesome. It. Okay, guys. Uh, again, thanks for being here so much. Uh, we do appreciate you being here each and every Thursday. But until next time, we will see you at – hold on now. Wait for it. Wait for it. I messed up and I lost the screen. Let me find it again. We'll see, see you at the W. Oh. Grab your W and we'll see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. for NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.